Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you all out to another Purpose Sing on this course. And today we're going to be talking about how to endure the pressures of singleness. But as everyone's coming in, I want to make sure I welcome all the newcomers and, and day ones, day tens, whatever day you came in. I want to say thank you all so much for joining me today. If it's your very first time and you're like, hey, I kind of like the vibe and this may be something after you watch this video, something that you may feel would be, uh, would be a good resource to aid in your walk with God, man, go ahead and subscribe, hit that bell, all that good stuff. But for those who's been with me for a mighty long time with watching on YouTube, whether listening on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify, I just want to say thank you all so much for being a part of my online community. And I hope whatever I'm doing here is a benefit to your life. But I'm going to give everyone an opportunity to come into the live feed. I don't have that many notes for today. I do have some, um, but um, we're going we're to try to take, we're going to take our time and really see what God wants me to share today. But for those who are new, um, this course sparked from this book here, The Purpose of Singleness, Are You Whole or Full of Holes? And this book right here is a great resource for those who are struggling in their singleness and to kind of help make sense of it. And so that's the whole uh, premise or the foundation by which this course was started. And I hope that it'd be a great resource too. But for those who haven't already yet, I forgot to publish the worksheet. So if you have problems, get it. The worksheet is available to download right now uh, for free on my website, lifework.teachable.com. I pinned um, the the um, worksheets in the comment sections. And so feel free um, to download those worksheets now. But let's get right into the chat box, see who's here. Uh, we got, uh, let's see, we have Aries in the building. We got Natalie C. How do I stay strong being saying, I got you, Natalie. We're going to answer a question at the end of this. These are different in my Q&A videos, Natalie. So make sure you save that question. And when you hear me um, open up the Q&As, make sure you post that question. I can be able to serve you. Um, and answer that question specifically. Uh, Golden Jay, what's going on? Amanda, what's going on? Natalie, good evening, good evening. Pink October, hey coach, I'm learning to be honest and humble throughout my single. Hey, that's a good thing. That's that's a good thing, my friend, good stuff. Hey coach, super blessed by your videos. God gets the glory, man, it's an honor. May you utilize my videos to help so many people, man. So thank you so much uh, for watching, sharing, comment, however you guys engage and support. Loving me God's way, blessings to you too. Enoch says, hey, coach, much love, much love to you too, fam. Michelle, hey, from Dallas. Hey, thank you for watching from Dallas. I think that's everyone right now that's in the chat box. But let's get right into our main thought on how to endure um, singleness, how not how to endure the pressures of singleness. That's even better. Um, but my main thought for today's session is this. You must endure pressure to be a pleasure. What's the website again? I'm a, a lifework.teachable.com. Um, I posted it in the chat box. If you're watching on YouTube, scroll up. There's a link up there, one of the first comments posts. So hit that link. It'll take you right to the worksheet, and you can download and get the activity and join me there uh, with the worksheet as well. Um, but the main thought for today's session is you must endure pressure to be a pleasure. In order to be a pleasure, in order to be whole, to be in order to hold up your part in a relationship or whatever God has for you, you have to endure pressure. But I, let's get into some definitions of pressure real quick, and then we get into the problem, and we'll get into some, some types of pleasure. Not pleasure, but types of pressures. But let's get right into it. Um, the definition of pressure, real quickly, the use of persuasion, influence, or in intimidation to make someone do something. Also, the definition of pressure is to attempt to persuade or coerce someone into doing something. That's the negative form or definition of pressure. A positive form of pressure is a pressing that makes you sure, a pressing that makes you sound, a pressure that makes you who you need to be. But let's get right into um, the problem. 
And then we'll get into some verses that will really help us better understand what is the word of God talks about in order for us to be steadfast in trials. Because a lot of singles right now, a lot of people, period, are in are, are going through pressures right now uh, um, and setting themselves up to fail. Now, let's get into the problem. Let's get right here into the problem here. It says many singles or people are either being pressured into or pressured to pursue situations and relationships prematurely due to internal and external pressures. Many singles or people are either being pressured into or pressured to pursue situations and relationships or prematurely due to internal and external pressures. What that mean is a lot of singles right now are feeling the pressure from family, are feeling the pressures from friends, are feeling the pressures from society to jump into things prematurely. There's nothing wrong with going with at God's pace. There's safety in God's pace. There's safety in God's timing. There's safety in God's will. And as a single person, you have to embrace that there's a time frame in order for you to develop, to be the person you need to be, to be able to manage what you desire to have. But I understand that a lot of you all are going through pressures from family, pressures from friends, pressures internally pressuring you to settle for things prematurely outside of God's timing, keeping you from being um, the person you need to be and to prepare accordingly. That's why I want to encourage you all right now that embrace the pressure um, and navigate through the pressures and, and enable yourself or strengthen yourself to be able to um, 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 navigate um, the challenge that you may face so that you can become the person that you need to be so that you will be able to be a person of pleasure. Anytime you're pressured into something, eventually you will be a person of non-pleasure, meaning that you're going to be resentful, meaning that you're going to be frustrated, meaning that you're not going to be mature enough to manage what it is that you want to manage. And that's why you have to make sure, that's right, that you're not being pressured even into arranged marriages. Because only marriage, only person that should be arranging things is God. Now, that doesn't mean that people can't give counsel. doesn't mean that people can't give advice. But at the end of the day, you got to make sure that you understand and count the price, the cost of what it means to do anything outside of God. That's why God is saying, man, consult me, talk to me so that you'll know that 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 I'm not the one pressuring you. God is a God of peace. Anything that's not peaceful, don't trust it. Trust him. And so if someone is pressuring you, even trying to arrange or trying to coerce or trying to influence you to marry somebody, to be in a relationship, even if it's yourself, you got to say, hold up, man. I'd rather be single than to be sorry. I'd rather stay in God's will than to grab the will myself and to jump into something prematurely. And then even though it may be temporarily pleasurable, I would be a displeasure to someone or this relationship is going to be very displeasurable because I did it prematurely. Many singles or people are either being pressured into or pressured to pursue situations and relationships prematurely due to internal and external pressure. Now, let's get into um, types of pressures. Let's get into types of pressure. Now, we're going to talk about internal pressures. There's four different types of internal pressure. I'm sure there's more that a lot of singles, a lot of people are going through right now that's causing them to jump into things prematurely. Number one, we've heard the phrase FOMO, fear of missing out or just fear. Um, um, we got to be very careful that we don't even allow our own selves internally 
to pressure ourselves into relationships, to pressure ourselves into situations that God never had it in the script for us to play a part in. And a lot of people right now are having the fear of missing out, that I'm missing out of what married life is. I'm missing out on what relationships are. I'm missing out. You're not missing on anything. People who are actually in things are actually missing because they they rather be um, like someone else. They rather uh, uh, sacrifice their originality to be a copy of someone. So even though on Instagram, even though wherever you see them, they look happy or they look excited, you don't know what's really going on inside of them. And a lot of people are only in relationships, are only in situationships, are only in whatever they are in right now because of fear. Because I rather, I rather see what it's like than to than to uh, uh, being lonely. And you got to be a person that says, I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to trust God's timing. And honestly, man, you're not really missing out. You're not missing out on a lot of these things that people are into. A lot of people make things look good, but they don't feel good. Deep down inside, they're just trying to be like everyone else and be involved and not really be uh, or take the time to embrace the season that they're in and to be successful. So one of the reasons why or one of the types of pressures that people go through is fear of missing out or fear. That's an internal pressure that pressures people into things prematurely. I rather uh, 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 find out what's going on, be in the mix than to get fixed. I'd rather get fixed than to be in the mix. And so many people are trying to be in a mix without getting fixed. You got to be fixed and made whole first before you able to mingle. You have to be single before you mingle. And what I mean by that, you have to be whole. You have to be established. You have to know who you are, whose you are, and the purpose that you're supposed to pursue. And then you can get in the mix. Then you can be able to mingle. And, and what I mean by mingling, get out there and get active in your purpose, engaging, being in groups, being held accountable. And then in the mix and in the mingling, without even looking to meet someone in the mix or in the mingle of your purpose, you'll meet your person. Secondly, another type of internal pressure that people go through are just typical feelings. Feelings are not factual. Feelings are just indicators of a present mood. Like you've heard me say in many videos, you got to find the facts behind the feelings. And what I mean by that is, is that feelings are just letting you know based upon how you feel, based upon the level of your perspective. Now, what does that mean? If your, if your perspective is low, you'll feel a lot. If your perspective is godly, you won't feel much. Now, what I mean by that, you won't feel the, uh, the overness, the, um, the uh the the potency of feelings so when your perspectives are low about your singleness you're going to feel a lot of feelings because you're easily triggered when you don't have the right mental uh uh mindset things will easily trigger you causing feelings to rise but if you have your mind made up you know what i'm saying and you're not going to turn back you see what I'm saying? You got your mind made up. You know who you are. Your perspectives are biblical. Your perspectives are sound. Then you won't really feel those, those flooding feelings. You may feel burdened. You may feel, basically, the more that your mind is like Christ, you will be able to feel feelings of empathy, feelings of, of, of joy. You will feel the positive feelings and not the negative feelings. But if your perspectives are low and you don't truly understand what it is that you really want in life, then you're going to always feel those feelings. And then those feelings will confuse you 
making you think that it's okay to get into the relationship. It's okay to do this right now because of your feelings. We cannot be so emotionally triggered. We can't be people that get so caught up in our feelings that we don't take time to think. God gave you a mind for a reason. And, he, and, 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 and we just can't trust our mind where it is. We have to embrace the mind of Christ so that we're able to think and to make sure that, that we're pursuing the right thing. But unfortunately, so many people are so emotional that they're easily triggered. But when you have the right perspective about marriage, the right perspective about money, the right perspective about anything in life, then you really won't feel the flooding of feelings then pressuring you internally into things prematurely. Hope that makes sense. Let's keep going. Another uh, type of pressure that's internal is false ideals. False ideologies, having the right, that's right, God is the author of confusion, is the author of clarity. And so false ideas will have you pressured into the wrong things prematurely. So many people don't know how to think correctly. They don't have the mind of Christ. They don't know how to perceive things. They don't have the right perspectives. If you have a false ideology from, from, a, a, from, from a person or a friend or et cetera, and you believe what they say, and then you live out what they say without first auditing what they say, then all of a sudden you're going to be pressured into something thinking that you're ready, but you're not. The right perspective is the biblical one. The right perspective is the godly perspective. Because when we have the right ideals, we'll have the belt of truth. We'll, we'll be held up. We'll know where to go and where not to go. We'll know and be able to discern deeper into what it is or who it is that we're supposed to be at, be with, or be at. But you can't allow false ideologies. That's where you have to audit everything you believe. God did not create a faith that cannot be fact-checked. God did not create a faith that could not be investigated. So it's imperative for us as individuals to say, you know what? Before I do anything, I'm going to find the truth. The Bible says the truth that will set you free. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So you have to understand what truth is. And truth is not relative. Truth, there's absolute truth. But many people are too lazy to find the truth. And therefore, they'll never be free. The level of your freedom is determined the level of the truth that you abide by. But if you get so caught up in the false ideologies of life, then you're going to find yourself internally pressured into seasons or situations or relationships or marriages prematurely because you think you're ready, but, you, but you're not really ready, 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 ready. Last but not least, types of pressures that are internally familiar, familiarizing, comparison, comparing ourselves to other people. I want to be like them. I want to familiarize myself with what they're going through. So all of a sudden, now you feel these deep longings to be like them, deep longings to have what they have, but you haven't even investigated to see how they got what they got. So many people want to be so badly in places that other people are, but they don't even know how they even got there. They don't even know uh, uh, how low their bar is in regards to their self-worth and value. And just because someone says that this is God uh, doesn't mean it was God. And so many people think that or get so caught up in the, the story, the, the lifetime look of it, the hallmark look of the relationship, that they forget that the hardships will come to test that relationship to see if it's ready for the seas. See, you got to make sure you have the, uh, have the right understanding of who you are, become familiar with God, and then become familiar with yourself. And then you will know what's wealth and know what's health and know what's best for you. And then you will be able to navigate life in stealth mode and being able to avoid things and navigate things properly. So the types of internal pressures that a lot of people uh, um, are struggling with, that's pressuring them, 
out of their safety net of singleness into the mix networking of, of relationship and trying to get involved is the fear of missing out or fear. Number two, feelings. Number three, false ideologies and trying to familiarize themselves with other people. Now let's get into external pressures and then we'll get into um, scriptures to gain better insight of how you can endure the pressures of your singleness and be able to navigate accordingly and not get down on yourself, get upset or, or, or try to appease others. Now let's talk about external pressures. The first one on our list is family. One of the top um, areas of pressure for a lot of people are family. I don't care who your mom is, who your dad is, they're not God. And it's very important that you navigate your family wisely, that you don't allow the pressures of your family to put you in a situation prematurely. It's unfortunate how holidays are tough for a lot of single people because mom has to always make her requests known. Um, parents ha always try to make uh, uh, um, their concerns known. That's why you got to be very careful in, in spotting if your parent is trying to live vicariously through you. That be, that they want what they they want you to have things so badly that they that they that they become a nuisance. That they pressure you. Uh, when are you going to get me grandbabies? When are you going to find your man? When are you going to find somebody? Listen, it doesn't matter what your family want from you. It's about the assignment God has for you. And you got to make sure that you don't allow the uh, family pressures, external pressures from family to put you in a situation prematurely. Even if it's a person um, that that's, um, uh, means well, you got to make sure that it is well, that it's well with your soul. And the best way to make sure it's well with your soul is to make sure your soul is in the hands of God. And then you would be able to say kindly and nicely and gently to them that, hey, I, I am I'm fully uh, um, content in my singleness. I trust God and time will prove itself. Do not allow your family to pressure you into situations prematurely. And it happens to a lot of people. For some, some people, um, their family's opinions about a young man pressures you to marry them. Uh, their opinions about a young lady pressures you to marry them. But you don't even, but you haven't really became discerning enough to see that they have an agenda with you marrying them. And you got to make sure that you uh, follow the path that God wants you to fulfill. And we have Miss um, Nelson says age. Age, too, is a pressure. Um, so that can be with familiarizing or for the internal pressures of age that, that it doesn't matter how old you are. You heard stories with uh, Sarah and them, them, how old they was. Like, like when I see the same guy, you have to wait till 90 years old to find somebody. But age is nothing but a number to God. But you have to understand that you have to look at yourself and ask yourself, am I my actual age? Am I my age? Am I acting my age? Am I mature like my age? Or am I stuck at a previous stage of my life? Or have I yet turned the page into a level of maturity where my where I actually match the age that I'm at? Uh, maturity is not based upon an age. Maturity is based upon a stage. It's based upon a platform, a plateau, a place of maturity that you can be trusted on. And so a lot of us got to look at our age and say, am I acting my age? Am I content in this stage? Am I, am I, am I ready for the next level? Because a lot of people, if to be frank and to be honest, are single because of them, because they're not matching their age. They're not mature enough and they're not ready. And they, they, they don't even know them. They don't even know themselves. They don't even know God. They don't even know their purpose. 
So if you don't know those three things, you can't expect God to bring a new thing, a new person into your life until you become familiar with God, familiar with yourself and executing in your purpose. That's what happened to me. I'm a living witness. That when I, as I became familiar with God, I became familiar with myself. And then when I became familiar with myself, and I got into my purpose, and then I found my wife in my purpose. I found uh, um, greater levels of understanding and the direction of ministry in my purpose. So we got to make sure that we understand maturity, understand discipline, understand focus, inspired by, inspired by the love of God, inspired by the grace of God. That we're able to say, you know what, if, if 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 whoever you want me to be and whatever you want me to do, God, I'm going to elevate to that level. I'm going to work to that level and to show you that I'm ready. So external pressures is from family. And we got to make sure that we keep family at their place. Family should not exceed the father. Family should not supersede the father. It's the father. And then there's you. You got you to be able to say, I got enough strength. In my backbone, I have enough perspective in my mind, and I understand the purpose of my singleness. And with all due respect, I'm good. I'm good, and I trust God. Because if not, your family's words are going to be in your mind at night. Your family's words are going to be in your heart throughout life. And and you're going to be like, well, the next guy that comes, I'm going to make it happen. Next girl that comes, I'm going to make it happen so that I can bring somebody to Thanksgiving. So I can bring somebody to Christmas. That's just not wise. Secondly, external pressure that a lot of people go through is from their friends. They, you have the saying, you show me your friends, show your future. A lot of people right now are being pressured by their friends. Like the young lady in this video, she's sitting there in the, in the picture. She's at a party with a drink in her hand, surrounded by friends. You see what I'm saying? That's right. Listen to the wrong voices. That's why God's voice has to be the clearest in your life. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say that his voice should be the loudest, um, it should, it could, yeah, it should be the most, it should be the clearest voice in your life. It should be the most sound voice in your life. Because if not, you will listen to your family. You will listen to your friends. Even though they mean well, you got to make sure that you trust in the well, the wellspring of God, the spirit in you that's going to bring you everlasting life, a perspective that's, 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 that's nurturing. But you can't allow your friends to, to, to influence you and to set you up and stuff because they're going forward in God. We, listen, just because they're in front of you doesn't mean they're going to stay in front of you. You see what I'm saying? You cannot allow the, that's right, test every spirit. Thank you, Rick. Test every spirit. You see what I'm saying? To make sure that it's of God. And that's why your best friend must be God. So that, that so that you won't allow your friends to to be a pressuring tool the enemy uses to get you into something prematurely. Another external pressure are our foes, our enemies. Some of us, our enemies are pressuring us into relationships prematurely. What I mean by that, your enemy got a boo. <laughs> now you got to try to match them. You now you're trying to get booed up. That you're trying to boo up. You're trying to get a boo and upgrade yourself. You can't allow your foes to pressure you, trying to prove to your haters that you are elevated, trying to prove to your haters that you that you exceeding. You can't even allow their pressures, um, to to uh, their actions to pressure you. Last but not least, are feeds, feeds like social media feeds, are external pressure. Some of us we just got to get off social media, man. We just got to get off. We just got to get off because we're not mature enough to scroll. 
Uh, we're not mature enough uh, uh, to, uh, we don't know ourselves enough. We don't know our purpose enough. And the fees, that's why you got to be very careful with the fees, because whatever, whatever is dominant on your fees, that's what you feed off of. That's what you feed off of. So every time you scroll, you're feeding off of their influence if you're not mature enough. And so you can't allow your social media feed, whatever, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, there, how many likes they have and how many followers they have and what they post online. You see what I'm saying? You can't, like she says, uh, looking at the fees can spring anxiety. You got to be able to say, you know what? I know where I know who I am. I trust where God has me at and I'm going to navigate accordingly. Who cares where they are? So many people fabricate their Instagram feeds, man, that, 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 that many, it's crazy how many people envy the envy lies. How many people right now are envying the lies? Their marriage looks so good. Their relationship looks so good, but they're not good. So you cannot allow your family, your friends, your foes, or the Instagram feeds or social media feeds to cause you um, to get insecure, to cause you not um, 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 to, to stay focused, etc. Let's go to the next slide. How to handle pressure. Before we get in there, let's look up some scriptures. We're going to read some scriptures. Uh, on how we can become steadfast, unmovable in regards to the things of God, and especially in your level of singleness or wherever God has you, having you stabilized, secure, etc. The first scripture that I want to read is 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Uh, that's right. A lot of lies in pictures. A lot of lies lie in pictures. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, therefore, my beloved brothers or sisters, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Your labor in your singleness would not be in vain. Trust me. I labored long in my singleness. I got a lot of things done in my singleness. There were nights where I was like, God, where I'm going to meet my wife. I had those struggles. Trust me. But this scripture encouraged me often. That my labor for God, no matter what season I was in, no matter what season you're in, your labor is not in vain, but at least labor. Don't be, don't be lazy. Labor. Put the work in in your singleness. Grow in your singleness. Labor. So that, so that it won't be in vain. But if you do nothing, you won't gain. And so many people are anguished and full of pain, the pain, allowing the pains of loneliness, allowing the pains of different areas of their life to keep them from gaining. That's right, Jessica, trust the process and the long suffering. If you can't suffer long in singleness, you're not going to be able to suffer long in marriage. The long suffering is one of the fruit of the spirit. It's a part of the overall fruit of the spirit. You got to be long suffering. You got to labor in knowing that your labor will not be in vain. It says, therefore, my beloved, I love that beloved. You have to be loved. Let God love you. You should let him love you. Let him be the one to, you see what I'm saying? You got to let him love. He says, you my beloved brothers and sisters, my beloved. Be steadfast. In order to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding, and to gain from the labor, you see what I'm saying? Make sure that your labor is not in vain, is to know that you loved. When you know that God loves you, you know he has what's best for you. He's the ultimate source of love. And when you know that God loves you deeply, then you can trust him, trust him uh, no matter what he has for you. And you be like, God, I'm laboring for you. I'm working for you. I'm getting it done for you. 
because of your love. See, what I never want you to think is that you have to labor for God's love. You labor from God's love, not laboring for his love. I'm inspired daily by the love of God. Therefore, I want to give him premium um, um, glory. And in order to give God premium glory, you have to uh, make sure that your gift is premium. See, God, I want it because God loves me so merciful and so kind and so good to me. I want to give him premium glory. And I want to make sure that I master my craft and master my giftings and stay disciplined, stay focused and stay growing, stay maturing so that he can get premium glory from my life. And what I mean by that, he is he is fully satisfied, fully in love with me. And there's nothing that I can do to gain more love. But I just want to keep gaining from his love. What I mean from that, I want to continue to master my craft and do greater works and show God, yo, we advancing the kingdom for you. But you have to know that you love because there's something about a person who is loved. They carry themselves differently. They navigate differently. They hold themselves differently because they're love. It says, therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, be vigilant, be focused, be in tune immovable. That's important. You, you can't be easily moved, man. You can't be easily moved. You have to be found on the rock. And, and a lot of people are really movable, but you have to be steadfast saying, I know the purpose of my singleness. I know why I'm here. I know what work I have to get done. And I'm not going to allow my friends, family, foes, or fees. I'm not going to allow um, of trying to familiarize myself with others and, and fears and feelings to get in the way of my focus. You got to say, I'm not moving. I trust my God. I trust my Lord. I trust him. In my singleness, I trust him. No matter where you are, you got to say, I am the beloved of God. He loves me. I'm going to stay steadfast on the assignment he has given me. I'm going to be immovable. I'm going to always be abounding in the work of the Lord, meaning that everywhere I go in my purpose, I'm always winning. I'm always abounding. You can. You will never really catch me losing. You will always catch me winning and learning. But you'll rarely find me not abounding. I will always rebound. I will always be abounding because I'm in the work of the Lord. See, you want the work. You, you, I'm saying, I'm telling you, your singles will go like that if when you focus. Your singleness will go like that when you got stuff to do. Man, when, when my singles went by so fast because of my productivity. I was, I was, I love my God. I was producing. And the next thing you know, bam. Now I'm in a house married. It happens. Productivity is a great distraction. Productivity, producing, and always abounding in the work of the Lord makes time go by fast, my friend. But you have to know that you're the beloved of God. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, be focused, be unmovable, be steady, immovable, always abound in the work of the Lord. Knowing that, knowing, you got to know. You got to know that your labor is not in vain. When I wrote these books, when I did the work of God, I trusted them. I said, God, I got you. And I know you got me. And so what I'm saying is, is that, man, you got to know that God is good. You got to know that God is faithful. You got to know that he practiced steadfast uh, faithfulness towards you. You got to know that God is not moved. God is always there for you, will always be there for you, will always shadow you with goodness. If he's not moved, you shouldn't be moved. When you are productive, like my friend says about the kingdom of God, man, Things move quickly for you. And when I say the word quickly on its timetable, 
I don't want you to think, oh, now you're going to God like, well, I did this for you, God. What? No, no, we're talking about I'm not even worried about that because God has taken care of that. I'm going to trust God and navigate. Knowing that in the Lord, that's the key, in the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, in the Lord, you got to embrace his lordship and saying, God, you're my Lord. I trust you, man. You do you. I do me. You do you. I do me and you, though. I'm not doing me outside of you. I'm in your lordship. I'm letting you be your Lord. Everyone wants God. A lot of all believers want Christ to be their savior, quote unquote, on those believers. But not all of them want them to be want him to be their Lord. One of the fruits of salvation is your willingness for Christ to be Lord. A lot of people who are saved are not saved because they're not willing to make Christ their Lord. Lordship is the the willingness to let Christ be Lord. Lordship means steward, means leader, means ruler, means caretaker, all those kind of things. When when you make Christ your Lord, you have let go of your life. You said, I'm denying myself, taking my cross and I'm following you. I trust you. That is the one of the top main fruits that you are saved. You cannot have salvation without trusting his sanctification that's governed by his lordship. It says, knowing that in the Lord, whatever you do in him, whatever you do for him from a genuine heart, that labor will not be in vain. Next verse, James 1, 2 through 4. It says, count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or patience. And let steadfastness or patience have its full effect, full effect, that you may be perfect, whole, and complete, lacking. Now, that's very important. Spiritual mathematics is very important for the believer. You got to be able to discern deeply to be able to count everything joy. Because you know for a fact that trials come. And that I it says uh, knowing that that when you meet trials of various kinds, you heard me say this in many videos, various trials makes you versatile. Versatility is very important for marriage. Versatility is very important for relationships. Versatility is very important in parenting. Versatility is very important in, in ministry, business, CEO, whatever you want to do. Versatility is very important. And if you're not willing to go through these various trials and able to do the spiritual mathematics to be able to count everything joy, then you will be one dimensional. You will be a one trick pony and you won't be really versatile enough, long suffering. No, see, look at the fruits of the spirit. And didn't just say one fruit. Don't get me wrong. It's the fruit of the spirit. But look at the look at the components of that fruit. You need to be versatile. You got to be loving. You got to be kind. You got to be gentle. You got to be um, um, long suffering. You got to be self-control. You got to be versatile. The spirit of God is versatile. There's versatility in the spirit of God. Look at the Godhead. There's versatility there. And when you understand that, that the spirit of God wants to make you versatile, then when you meet various trials, you'll say, God, not why me, but try me. Let's go. Because I'm counting all joy. Because I know that counting all joy, when I meet, uh, counting all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know, hear that word again, you know, for you know that the testing of your faith. Mature believers know their faith must be tested because your faith is a muscle. If you can't believe on this level, you're not going to be able to believe on that level. If you don't have faith at this level, you're not going to be able to execute in faithfulness in this level. So you have to know and it gives it gives validity to the trial. Now, trials are are trials sent by God. We're not talking about temptations. We're not talking about 
um, self-appointed unnecessary trials. We're talking about trials from God that's set there to make you versatile, to bring out of you what he's placed in you. It says, those who are mature enough know that their faith must be tested in order to produce patience. Patience is key to every key component of life. You have to have patience as a, a, in life. You have to be patient in marriage. You have to be patient in singleness. You have to be patient in every area. But patience, you just don't come into patience. We come into this world impatient. I look at kids. I want my food and I want it now. Give me that bottle. You know, mama, come on now. We, let's get to this. We want it right now. We have patience is a part of pruning. Patience is the fruit of the right perspective. When you have the right perspective about a thing, you can wait. Like today, man, God, uh, patience always blesses me. She's a good, she's a good friend. Like her and wisdom are very good to me, man. And 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 and, and what I mean by that is, I always get blessed in my patience. And it doesn't matter no what no matter what happens, I'm patient. Even when a car is is driving in front of me slow, I count that joy. Because how do I not know the stalling in that person's driving right now is safe, keeping me safe? So patience is perspective that God is in control and that I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to be easily triggered by anything because he's in control and that he is so much invested in my life that he will have a car stall in front of me or drive slow in front of me to keep me safe. How do you not know that three second delay kept you from death. That four second delay kept you from an accident. That five second delay kept you from that two year delay kept you from marrying the wrong one. Like you got to understand delay is not a bad thing. See what I'm saying? So like, this, like, I, like, my, like Ms. Nelson saying a slow car, a slow car is in God's providential will. And if you don't have that perspective that God is in control, you won't be poised, you won't be patient, and then you will be impulsive and, and, uh, and um, impatient and ready to get into a relationship quickly because you don't have the right perspective. You have to know that your faith has to be tested. If you don't, if you know for a fact you're not strong enough for a marriage, then you know that you are not, you're not, you, you got some more trials to go through. You have some more pruning to go through. It says, count all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. We know that testing of your faith produces patience or steadfastness. And steadfastness means I'm, I can suffer long. I can sit here and stay focused, stay steady, and not be moved. And steadfastness has, and, and let steadfastness, the ability to stay fast, the ability to, to stay in a place, have its full effect, man. It is important to let patience have her full work. Man, if you jump into anything 70% loaded for that level, man, you're not, you're not going to be successful. Only God knows if you're fully loaded. Are you fully loaded with the traits, the attributes, and the tools, skills needed to sustain the next stage? He knows if you're fully loaded. You don't know. For all you know, you think you know. For all I know, like for all I know, that's why I'm not I'm not trying to progress to ministry so quickly. And what I mean by I'm not trying to elevate this thing too quickly because I want God to continue to load me. Promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or from inside my chest. Promotion comes from above. And you got to trust that with God, that God knows when it's the right time because he knows if you fully loaded. 
Is, is your clip fully loaded? Do you have all the tools, skills, perspective, traits, attributes, character needed for the next level? Then you won't be easily pressured. It don't matter what your mama say. Mom, you know I ain't ready. Pops, you know I ain't ready. Even though I may feel I'm ready, Dad, I trust God timing. Friends, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I trust God. Even when your thoughts even jump up in your mind or your certain thoughts are triggered in your mind, nope. I cast down event imagination. I'm fully aware of what, what I need to do in this life and let patience have its full effect. And only God knows its full effect that you may be perfect. That word is whole, that you are able to be whole. Wholeness means preparedness. Wholeness does not mean perfection. Wholeness means I am fully prepped and prepared for the next level. And then when I get into the next level, I'm being prepared for that next level. And then that's why you can never just, just stop. You're always preparing. You're always preparing. You're always preparing. And when you understand that, you won't just be like, I'm, I'm married, so I'm just going to stop. Mm -mm. I'm still going to allow patience to continue. Now patience has worked to me in my singleness. Now he's going to now patience is producing even steadfastness in my marriage. So perfect here doesn't mean perfection. It means whole. And wholeness doesn't mean perfection. It means preparedness. Complete. You are not like so many people, they're 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 pressured into relationships because they want to feel completed. Man, if you let another person try to complete you, you'll be depleted. Only Christ can complete you. Only Christ can complete you. Everybody else and every other thing in your life was designed to complement your completion. Your com they're, 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 they're designed to complement what God is doing in your life. That's very important that you understand that, that I'm going to let God continue to complete me. Because no matter when I go into a relationship, when you go into a marriage, wherever you go, you're whole. Now you can actually complement her and not be a detriment to her. Now you actually can compliment him and not be a detriment to him. Let's keep going. Next verse. Oh, and lacking nothing. In Christ, you lack nothing. Right now, I, I have all the love I need, all the patience I need, all the kindness I need, all the joy I need, all the self-control I need in his spirit. I lack nothing. You know, I don't lack no money. It's crazy how some of y'all don't understand how when y'all donate and y'all send cash apps and stuff, I, before it's funny. It happens a lot. I be I be like God. I'm I'm hungry. I, I want this. I got the money for it. I got the money to get it. But all of a sudden, God's like, I got you. Bam, cash app, fifteen dollars, and it'd be exactly it'd be fourteen ninety eight. I lack nothing. God said, man, keep keep your change because I'll because I want them to bless you because I got something in them sowing a seed in you. I'm gonna bless them. You see what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is, is that I lack nothing. Even when it comes to money, I don't stress about money. God, you know what we need. I told God, I told God many, many months ago before this pandemic, I said, God, I work at elementary school, which means that I'm, I'm off for the summer. I said, God, I want my summer off. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I want to rest. God, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been working for you for, I've been working, Lord. God, I want, I, when this summer come, I want, I want to rest. I got three months paid for three months lease. Every all the bills paid three months in advance. And you know what that does next month, three or three months in advance. So basically God blessed me to a place where I can pay all the bills up in the front. And now when, when next Friday come, I can enjoy my summer. I lack nothing. 
I'm his son. You're his son. You're his daughter. You lack nothing. So don't be pressured and thinking that I, I, I need what they have to feel completed. You lack nothing. Right now, I'm not moved by nothing. I lack nothing. I have my health. I have wealth. I got vineyards I didn't have to do. Uh, a tool too. I got buildings I don't got to build. I don't got to worry about nothing. That's a perspective. So no matter, I'm telling you, I'll be out there about to get stuff. I have family with me, $50 cash out. I'm like, what? Things be coming in and people be like, do it. Do people be literally be writing, do what you want to do with this. And I'm like, wow, God, we about to go. I only, because God has a chain line of blessing. And so God be like, you know what? I got people that you don't even know talking about you in rooms you never been in, setting you up. You, that's right. Labor and love, labor because of love and God will fund you. God will, God will not shun you. He will fund you, man. You can get to that level. I know it's all about growing and trusting in God, that God, I trust you. You are my provider and stand and see the salvation. What you do is now be a good steward. You don't expect God to continue to give surplus to poor stewardship. He knows I'm a good steward. He knows I'm a good steward of my money. He knows I'm a generous giver. And whether you're, whatever your beliefs on tithing, whatever it is, whether it's tithing is not biblical, unbiblical, I give 15%. My goal is to give 20% by next summer to continue, then, then give 30%. So my thing is, whether you believe in tithing or not, I'm going to be a generous giver. And what I mean by that is I'm giving. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to give more than 10. I'm going to give 15%. Not out of obligation, because out of love. He gives seed to the soul. I'm not worried about it. I have all that I need. I lack nothing. And when you have that mindset, you're able to flow better. My summer's off, y'all. Now, I can life coach if I want to, if I want to make more money. But if I, don't, if I want to take three weeks off, I can. Because I lack nothing. When you understand that, man... You'd be like, God, I trust you. Second Peter 1, 5 through 8 says, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue mm -hmm. and virtue of knowledge, knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective who, or unfruitful in the knowledge of your Lord in Jesus Christ. So many layers in this, in this text. Without love, there's no brotherly love. Without brotherly love, there's no inspiration, no inspiring of godliness. Without godliness, there's no steadfastness. Steadfastness, there's no self-control. Without self-control, there's no true knowledge. Without true knowledge, there's no virtue. Without no virtue, there's no faith. So God is giving you the formula how to have faith that's strong, that's solid. It starts with love and then being surrounded by brotherly and sisterly love and then going from that into a place of godliness because now everyone is holding each other accountable. Now everyone is living godly. Not because to get access to God, because they're inspired by God's holiness. Now they become holy. Now they become people only used by God. 
And now that godliness produces steadfast because now godliness is a, is a nature. Now you have a godly nature about yourself. And then now when your heart has been, has, has, uh, when you're, uh, when you know that you belong to God and your beliefs have been sounded, you know who you are in Christ and you living like Christ would, then you're able to be steadfast. Then steadfastness produces self-control because the more you steadfast, the more you understand what self-control is. I can stand still however long. I can stand in my singleness for however long. I can stand at this level of my marriage however long because I'm not worried. I'm not moved. Steadfastness then produces self-control. Self-control, when you begin to become more self-control, you go deeper into understanding life. Because when you begin to embrace patience, then when you get into other areas of life, you begin to gain knowledge in these different areas. But it's hard to gain knowledge in a new marriage, knowledge in a new and new in, in parenting with a new child. It's hard to gain knowledge if you're not first steadfast. If you're not still enough, you're not going to be able to understand his will enough. You got to be still to know his will. And then as you continue to go into these different chapters and areas of your life, because you have master steadfastness and because you have got a godly, a godlike character about yourself and because you're surrounded by good, solid brotherly and sisterly love and you have been uh, um, inspired and impacted and changed by God's love. Then you will be able to have genuine virtue and that virtue will be like a cloud around you. That's where favor comes. People can see no, that's. They may not be able to articulate that you're a child of God, but they'll sense that you are different. And then that virtue, I believe anything's possible because you, you so in God, you, you, I believe anything's possible. I only speak what my father say for me to speak. And I believe that I receive what he has in his, in his uh, treasure chest for me. And all of this, it says, for if these qualities are yours, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, which means you just can't let it become stagnant. You cannot still operate off of 2008 faith. You can't still be trying to operate out of 2019 faith. You got to continue to increase. God, increase my faith. Be very careful what you ask for. Because when you want to increase in anything spiritual, expect the trial. Expect the test. Not temptation. Expect the test. Or, or, or training. Let's say that. Expect training, then test. Then you will be able to say, you know what? I am my best self. If these qualities are yours, you adopted them, they're yours and are increasing. They keep you, they keep you, sustain you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, knowledge is power. When I gain knowledge about Christ, when I, ain't, when I gain knowledge about life, I become more fruitful. I got to keep my roots in the river stream underneath me. I got to keep my roots in the well spirit of God in me so that I can always continuously bear fruit in my marriage. I don't want my tree to ever be barren in my marriage. I do not want my tree to ever be barren when I parent. I don't want my tree to ever be barren, barren when, when, when I'm ministering. I don't. So I know that I got to continue to in, uh, 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 increase my understanding of Christ and his nature and who he is and applying in my life so that I can always be fruitful. The more I know about Christ, the more I know about his character, the more I know about how he wants me to do things, the more fruit I bear 
and the more effective I become. I want my teaching to increase in effectiveness. I got people that message me right now who last listened to me maybe two or three years ago, and they will tell me there's an increasing on your teaching. There's an increasing on your anointing. There's an increasing on your delivery. There's an increase. There should always be an increase. God is so vast that, 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 that when I stay in him, my teaching should always keep increasing. My husbandhood should always keep increasing. My fatherhood is always because I'm, you can never fully know Christ. So as I continue to live, there's so I can live a thousand years and won't even know that much of God. Which lets me know that I always got room to improve. I always got something to grow into. And that that me growing into the knowledge of Jesus, me growing in the knowledge of him and, and what and what he desires me to do in his character by getting into the chapters in the word of God, then I will always have fruit on my trees and my fruit will always be sweet. My fruit will always be ripe. ripe. My fruit will always be organic. There will be not no genetically modifications in my fruit and be very careful. Um, The bigger the fruit, the more toxic the roots. You know, genetically modified foods, are all they always look bigger, but they're not healthier. So just because you can't always, bigger doesn't mean always God. Big doesn't always mean God. I'm telling you right now. Just because they ministry big, because they magnify their uh, relationships bigly, and it's bigly a word. No matter what they make big, it's genetically modified. When you look at a regular pair and look at a a, 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 a genetically modified pair, the genetically modified pair is always bigger. God has the right size for everything. And when you are in him, you will be that organic fruit that will be his right size. Bigger is not always better, my friends. And we have to understand that. And we have to know that I want to bear ripe, organic, sweet, genuine, life-changing fruit. And I always want to be effective, not defective. When you defect, when you got defects, you won't always, you won't be able to have good effects. You see what I'm saying? So you got to say, God, clear out all the defects in me, the things that squeeze in the roots, anything that's squeezing from you, the vine, getting into ensuring that I am the branch bear fruit. Don't you know you're nothing but a branch and everything that you contribute to life is the fruit. And he says, he didn't say I, 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 I pruned the fruit. It says I pruned the branch. So pruning is difficult. He's stripping things. He's pruning it. He's stretching it. He's stripping it. He's tightening it. He's strengthening it so that when the ministry hangs off of you, you're strong enough. It's crazy how people want big, want big. It's crazy how people want bigly fruit, but ain't a bigly branch. People want big fruit, but not a strong branch. They want many fruits, on, but they're not strong enough as a branch. Are you strong enough as a branch, men, to hold a wife, to hold kids, to hold ministry, to hold a job, to hold a career? And you wonder why you breaking down. Ladies, are you strong enough as a branch to hold a man? No, what I'm talking about, I mean by holding a man. Hold your responsibility in a marriage. Hold a marriage. Hold kids. Hold your calling and your purpose. You better stay single so God can strengthen as a branch because you can. there's two types of people. People who are broken down by their fruit or people who are able to bear their fruit. So many people right now are, are years, months, days, or weeks away from being broke down because they're bearing all this fruit, but their branch is weak. So you and your singleness did not allow God to make you as a branch strong. 
you jump because of the pressures of everyone else jumped to their ship and you know you didn't know but you then time proves that your branch wasn't strong enough and then when you grab the hold that marriage prematurely you know you got to match the weight of marriage and you know how you match the weight of marriage is allow the holy spirit to be that weight i'm preaching i'm preaching now lord you speaking now you have to match the weight of marriage so they won't break you as the branch. Actually, the branch has to be strong. The branch has to be stronger than all the fruits or your fruit will hang low and then people will be able to take it. That's why your fruit has to be high. So people at that level can benefit and God will shake you a little bit and you'll shake and a fruit will fall for those who can't get it. But you got to say, am I strong enough? To hold everything that I want to hold. If not, let them prune you. Let them prune you. Let them prune you some more. Let them make you stronger some more. Because you got to match that weight. Right now, God is building me into the weight to be able to manage a marriage and then kids. We're not trying to have kids. Well, we are trying to have kids. But we we want kids at his timing. Because then he'll be like, yep, y'all ready. Y'all strong enough as a branch to hold ministry. To hold your marriage, Josh, to hold ministry, to hold the anointing, to hold uh, responsibilities in the ministry. You can hold it all. I don't want God to add nothing else to my life if he knows I'm not strong enough as a branch to hold it. Nope. Mm-mm. So I, I tell God, uh-uh. and anytime you feel yourself, there's a difference between bending and breaking. Bending, you won't hear no cracks. But when you start hearing your body crackling, your joints crackling, your mind crackling, a breaking is coming. So that's when you got to be able to say, God, take, 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 let me downsize my, let me become, let me downsize in this area so that I can be able to hold what I can hold. So many people are so caught up in pride. They don't want to downsize. I don't mind downsizing to the level of my strength. I don't mind downsizing to the level of my strength. If it's too much, if this ministry are getting too much, you're going to start seeing me downsize. And then up two, three months later, you'll see me upsize. I know if I flow with the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit be like, Josh, take a month off, I don't have to worry about nothing because I lack nothing. So many of us, we can't walk away from it. We don't, we can't walk away from that relationship. We can't walk away from that job. We can't walk away from nothing because we think that we, 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 we're going to lack. I lack nothing. You lack nothing in obedience, but you lack a lot in disobedience. You got to make sure you're not lacking anything so that you can be able to say for me, I'm not pressed for money. I don't do this for money. I don't got to sell another book. I don't got to get another donation because I trust God. Those things will come because I'm, I'm this. what God is doing through me is a blessing to a lot of people and people want to support and that's great. But what I'm saying is you got to be able to walk away and trust God and get your rest. Allow your branch to be its best so that you can hold the rest. You see what I'm saying? And that's what you got to understand is that you know what? God, make me into the strong enough branch. God knows what you're able to bear. He says, I will not. I will not put more. I will not put more on you than you're able to bear. I, I will not give you temptation that will be beyond your ability. He says, I, no, hold on, what's the scripture say? Um, he will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability. But we give the allowance. We put more on ourselves than we're able to bear. And then all of a sudden we get mad at God when we break. Mm-mm-mm, you should have took it. Sh- it's better to take a break than to break for real, for real. So you got to ask yourself, am I strong enough as a branch, Lord, to bear that up? Let's keep going. Isaiah 40, 31 says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They that wait. I look at that word wait 
as serving. I, because you don't really gain strength. Now, don't get me wrong. This text was talking about waiting on the Lord. But sometimes scriptures can give you, not twisting a scripture, but can kind of gives you, um, a, I want to say a double entendre. Is that a word? It can have dual meaning. You see what I'm saying? Um, and so when you look at waiting on God, your strength is renewed. When I serve God, I'm strengthened. When I wait on God's timing and work within that time frame, I'm renewed. Now I'm able to mount up. Like, a, like you ever see an eagle? It just boom, we out. Then I could be able to run and not grow weary and I should walk and not faint. It says here, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You got to allow your strength to be renewed. Let's keep going. Last but not least, James 1.12. Have I did it already? No. Blessed is the man or woman who remains steadfast under trial. For when he or she has stood the test, he or she will receive the crown of life, which God's promised to those who love him. Man, we got to stay steadfast and move on because eternity is worth it. Eternity with God is worth. Now let's get into, man, I was going, them scriptures be so dense, man. Uh, them scriptures got, man, I ain't even, I ain't even did those scriptures just, just do. I ain't, I ain't even did those scriptures just do. Now let's talk about how to handle the pressures of singleness, how to handle the pressures of singleness. Of course, you know, you was going to get an acronym or a bunch of letters and I spelled the word handle for you. How to handle pressure H, keep your hope in God and trust him to handle what only he can handle. How to handle pressure and to be at a place of peace? Keep your hope in God. Like I said, you lack nothing. My hope is in God. It don't matter who fails me. It don't matter who bails me. You don't mind if you bail me out, cool. But who bails on me, it don't matter. He's never failed me yet. <laughs> and he won't fail me ever. You see what I'm saying? So when you understand that, you'll say, you know what? I'm going to keep my hope in God because no matter what dope they try to sell, my hope is in God. Dopamine, trying to get you into relationship premature, trying to get you. I don't care what you're selling. I'm already sold. <laughs> I, I, I'm already sold. And, 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 and I'm going to let him release me in his timing. H, you have to keep your hope in God. Keep it in God because life has a way of trying to, it will cause you to make trans, trans to transfer. Have you making transactions prematurely? You got to always audit where your hope is because sometimes you'll, you'll grow and you'll get into things. And then over time, things begin to mesh. And all of a sudden you find, oh man, I'm hoping in this more than I am in God. You, God got you the job. You got the job. You're good. Guard your hope. No matter what you get in life, you got to intentionally keep your hope in God. You got to say, you know what? Nope. This job is great, but it's not greater than God. This wife is great. She's great. Don't be like Adam, man. Don't be like Adam. Adam Adam was asleep, resting in God, woke up, started spitting poetry to his boot. Blood, uh, blood in my bone in my bone, flesh in my flesh. I'll call you woman. I don't, even, he went, I don't think Ramen was back then, but he was just trying to, you know, spit his bars. He's like, yo, what are those? I'm sorry. Ooh, look, 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 she's beautiful. And then all of a sudden he put her above God. He ate the fruit. If he trusted God and loved God and hoped to him more, he wouldn't even allow her to even have the conversation. So what I'm saying is you got to keep your hope in God no matter what blessings come your way. You got a job. Great. Keep your hope in God. You got a wife. Great. Keep your hope in God. You got a husband. Great. Keep your hope in God. You got children. Great. Don't live vicariously through them. Keep your hope in God. You got more money now. Keep your hope in God. You got to do that. 
You got to allow the Holy Spirit to do that. And you got to trust him to handle. He'll handle it. He's already handled it. Let me make sure I let me make sure I put it right. Trust him. Trust that he has already handled what you need handled. He's already before the foundations of the world, everything was handled. Up here. He handled it. It's done. God is the only one that has foresight enough to be able to see scenarios, situations, and how to put them together to make sure that everything's handled according to his purpose. So you have to trust he's already handled it. So that's what peace comes. You don't have to worry about being pressured when God's already handled it. Handle his business, and then you'll then you will walk into the business that's already been handled for you. What I mean by that, the more you work in your purpose, you are on the path towards what has already been handled for you. And then when it's handed to you, you actually able yourself to handle it. So you'll be able to say, God's got it. God's already handled my husband, my wife. So what you do is you don't even... You don't, you know you're at a good place in your singles when you don't even think about the one. When you don't even think about stuff. All you thinking about, like, man, listen. All these books, you see what I'm saying? Man, it was me ringing my mind, ringing the spirit of God in me to pour it into book form. And then all of a sudden, I walked into what he's already handled for me. That's right. God's already got this, right? He knows it. You know, I don't got that much up there. God not only remembers the hairs on my head, he knows where every hair is. That's how detailed God is. God said, I'm so detailed that every hair on your face, your face, your head, your head, your face, even the thing you took off your face, I numbered them. He's a good God. If he's that detailed, that he's already, he calculates your hairs. Don't you know he's already calculated everything else for your life? How to handle pressure? A, assess the pressures. Assess them. And focus on your singleness assignment. Assess the pressures. Assess the heart of your mom. Assess the heart of your father. Assess the heart of your friends. Assess everything around you. Assess the pressures. And then assess why, and from the internal and external, assess them. Why am I allowing them to pressure me? Is it good pressure? Is it bad pressure? Um, what is their agenda? What's their heart? Then you will be able to know how to navigate around them. Now you know why I can't spend, now I have to end this friendship. Now I have to, even though you can't end families, you can't end your mom, and them, but you can limit your time with them. You know what? I only spend 45 minutes. You heard me say this oftentimes. Listen, it don't matter what your mom got to say. Go to the, go see your mom. Go see your dad. Now they toxic, toxic, FaceTime and do what you got to do. But man, listen, when it's time to eat, eat, man. Go, go have a plan. If you know Mother's Day done already passed, and this is for Thanksgiving and Christmas or whatever holidays coming up with you around your family or you whatever, this is what you do. You limit your time. Say, so you know what? I'm going to go see mama, but go right to make your plate first. This is what you do. You go into the house and you sit down. You sit down and have small talk. Sit down. Hey, mom, cool. Food done. Get there late. You know, you know how you know the time from your mom cooks. You know if your mom says done by four, if it's done by four, or four o'clock means six o'clock. So what you do is you get there at six. You get there when it's come when the plates are being passed out. Then that's when you go in there. And then once you're in there, you hug them, you love on them, and then you go right to the kitchen, make your plate. Make you a to-go plate while you're making your main plate. 
wrap it up in aluminum foil, wrap it up in a to-go bag. Little, you know, you know where mom keeps the, the grocery bags. Go on, you know where mom go get the grocery bag. Put the food in the bag. Get your to-go plate already done. Then you eat your food. And then as soon as they start talking crazy, you know, eight, and you got tomorrow's lunch. Then all you got to do, like, all right, mom, I love y'all. We got to go. That's what you do. But you have to understand, you have to assess the pressures. Are they genuine? Is a heart with me? Who do I need to cut off? Who should I cut time from, et cetera? And focus on your singleness assignment. That's very important, man. In order to be able to handle the pressure of life, you got to know how to funnel that pressure and, and know how to say, you know what, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a funnel all this into my assignment. That's right. Time is precious. Strategy in life. I'm telling you, I'm, getting, I'm putting y'all on game. Thank God my mom and dad are mad cool. So I can sit there a while, but I sure would be incorporating these techniques if they wasn't, you know what I'm saying? And so what I realized about where I'm at, yeah. And so when you feel the pressure, at least you're productive. You can handle pressure. How to how to compensate for the pressure is productive. Let's keep going. That's self-explanatory. In how to handle pressure, embrace the now and be okay with not agreeing. Um, embrace the now. Man, when you get married, you can't be single no more, man. One of the greatest realities I had to face as a married man that I had to be okay with quickly was I just couldn't leave the house when I want to. What I mean by, I, I, as a single man, I used to go to Walmart at 12 o'clock at night. I used to go to Walmart at two o'clock in the morning. If I, Cause I'd be on Google. I'd be Google Amazon, Amazon, and, uh, Amazon and stuff. I'd be Googling stuff. Oh man, I, okay. I can go to Walmart and get that right now. When I got married, I remember one time I walked at the house, I was, I was putting on my clothes and shoes. All right, babe, I'm gone. She's like 1230 in the morning. I was like, oh snap. I ain't single no more. <laughs> I, because what she, what, knowing Christ, growing in wisdom, know what she did, know what she taught me. Why are you going to leave your husband at, no, why are you going to leave your wife at home by herself at 12 o'clock at night? In my mind, I was still single in that area. I just thought, oh, she'll be okay. She's fine. We're in a great neighborhood. But she's not going to get no rest knowing that I'm out there. And it's, my wife knows when I get into my, when I get into my shopping mode, we ain't talking about clothes. We're talking about when I get into like the uh, healthcare aisle, when I get into the supplements and vitamins, when I get into Whole Foods. She don't be wanting to go with me Whole Foods. Now, she'll go with me to Whole Foods because she knows, you know, I'm spending time. But when she don't really want that much time, she knows I'll be at Whole Foods three hours. I literally look at stuff for like, man, I'll be looking at green and Googling stuff. So what's manganese? I was like, manganese is that magnesium? Manganese? What's manganese for? It has that much manganese? They got how much vitamin C in there? Then I'm starting comparing bottles. So what I'm saying is that's that's luxury in that in marriage where your wife lets you go. But I couldn't do it at 12 o'clock anymore. So what I'm saying is I had to learn that I had to uh, what I, what I was saying. I forgot what made that point. Oh, I'm not single no more. So I had to realize there's certain things I can't do anymore. So what I'm telling you is don't get married and real and then want to be single. I don't want to be single no more. I don't want to be because I done, I done, I done did it. There's nothing in singleness that I want anymore. There's nothing. Literally nothing. Let me think about it. Is there anything that I, being single, I want to do? There's nothing because marriage is a blessing. Marriage and singleness are equal blessings. I'm telling you. That's right, Jessica. The mindset changes. 
And when you single, enjoy the now. Embrace the now. God, I'm now. <laughs> I'm not later. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not later. I'm now. You that side of the candy. You that side of the candy. You're now. Don't worry about later. Be present. That's the only gift you have. Be present. That's how you handle the pressures because now you're in the now. And then also, don't be afraid. Not uh, and be okay with not agreeing. Be okay with not agreeing with your friends. If you lose friends because they're in disagreement, they really want your friends. If family start getting funny with you, see, family is family to a certain degree. Hear me. Family is only family when they care about you. That's your mom still. That's your family, but they're not family. What I mean by if they if they disagree with you and they're just toxic or whatever, they're no longer family family. They're your family, but they ain't family. They're not nurturing. They're not giving guidance. They're not counseling right. So you got to be able to say, I, if I lose you, for not, Jesus talked about I'm going to be like a sword that puts mother against daughter, son against father. Christ brings division, not division in a negative sense, but division because people's hearts don't want him. And so what I'm saying is if you lose them because of him, that's a good loss. You love them, but you keep it moving. Be okay with not agreeing. I don't agree with that, man. I'm good. I'm moving. But make sure your agreement is in the scriptures now. <laughs> make sure you agree with the word now. That's right. Learn to say no. There's self-care and no. Let's keep going. For time, I got to go. Lord, I've been, I did, I did two commencement speeches this week. Coach time. And I may be able to get to two questions, but I'm going to go rest. See what I'm saying? I know when to let go. <laughs> so I got about five, 10 minutes and I'm probably going to be out of here. Uh, e, establish your desired outcomes and pursue them with discipline. Why you, how to handle pressure is to project. Okay. Here's my desired outcomes. I can take the pressure off because I'm not there yet. Here are my desired outcomes. Here are the disciplines that's required for these desired outcomes to be manifested in my life. So now the pressure subsides because you're a realist and you're able to see I'm not my I'm not my realist yet. And so when pressure comes, you you have already self-assessed. You know your dis, you know your desired outcomes. You know the discipline. You know what it takes to get there. And you're like I'm not there yet. And you're okay with not being there yet because you know when you get there, you will be able to stay there, right? L how to handle pressure, L, lock out negativity and have outlets. Outlets has an L in it, so bear with me. Lock out negativity. <clears throat> Put a guard over your ears, ear gates, and your eye gates. Guard, just guard them. See, 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 this is what happens. Because hearing you hear, but you don't have to, you don't have to hear it. What I mean, you got you got two highways in your mind. You have two highways. Negativity come in. Let it. Oh, hold on. Can't, can't see. Let negativity come in. Let it go this way. Let it, let it go out. So when it comes in, let it go out. That's one highway. Boom. Straight. Other highway is boom, boom. Most of us are making a lot, giving a lot of things that left turn, right turn, depending on where you, which finger. You some negativity. You just gotta say, I heard it, but it's out. Boom. We scanned it, it's out. It's not, it's not, a, we scanned it with the word of God. Our mind knows God, is endeavor to know God. We increase our knowledge of God so we'll know what to scan through. Out. Things that are acceptable that God wants you to have, you let them come in, let them get checked in. Check, let see the Holy Spirit be right here. Let me check your badge, man. You got, okay, the word of God is on you. Beep. Now you can go in the heart. Two highways. You just can't let everything come here and then here. You got to let everything boop, 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 boom. 
See what I'm saying? That's the word of God. Those are the things that are actually benefit for your life. So you got to be able to lock out negativity and let negativity pass. Boom, get out, boom. <clears throat> and not let it go into your heart. Also, you got to have outlets. Go to the gym. If you can't go to the gym. The gym's ain't open right now. Go run. Have outlets to get the stress because they're going to be tough moments in singles. I ain't, I ain't trying to make sense the singles going to be roses and stuff. You still got warfare. You still got demons. You got still got a devil out there. You still got family that's going to press you. You got toxic people in your life and you're going to, you're going to, you, it is what it is. So what you got to do is <clears throat> you got to have outlets. Writing was an outlet for me. Getting buckets. For those who don't be getting buckets is going playing basketball was an outlet for me. Lifting weights is an outlet for me. You know what I'm saying? Going on long drives, which I probably do after this. I probably go for a good long drive. The detail, I just did a commencement before I did. I literally, before I got on here, I did a commencement for my elementary school. Monday, I did a commencement. Then my pastor brought me to preach up on Wednesday. So, 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 so what I'm saying. So I'm going to go for a good drive today. Go for a drive. My wife, I'm going to go for a drive before she gets home. She's singing. So I'm going to go for a drive. Probably go, probably go to, go to food line. Cause food line open till 11. Everything else closed. I'm like, man, when y'all going to come on, man, come on, open up. Open all the way up. Walmart open to 12. I'm just joking. What I'm saying, I'm going to go food line, go to the gluten-free aisle and see what's new, new, new gluten-free snacks I want to try. See what I'm saying? I have outlets. Let's keep going. E, enjoy God in your singleness and don't feel like you owe anyone any explanation. Enjoy God. You got to be so, you got to be enjoying God so that you don't even hear what they saying. The chicken's so good and God is so good and the chicken good. Why they talking? You just, the goodness of God and the goodness of that chicken. You don't even hear them. That macaroni and cheese so good, you can't even hear them. God's so good, the mac and cheese so good, you can't even hear your mama negative. There'll be sometimes, man, I'll listen. That's why I love, I, I love a good God. I love good food because I can get lost. <laughs> if I got a, if I got a good meal in front of me and God has been, food line has gluten-free. Yep. They do have a gluten-free aisle. Some food lines, they be having gluten-free in different aisles. And I'm like, bruh, some food lines, they blessed. They, they understand. And they'll have a whole section called gluten-free one-stop shop. Other food lines, you go and I'm like, man, where's the one-stop shop gluten-free stuff? Now I got to go to the cereal aisle to find gluten-free cereal. Then I got to go from the gluten-free cereal aisle to go into, into to the snack aisle to get gluten-free snacks. I want my gluten-free all in one area. But food line offers that. Some of them. You got to enjoy God in singleness. You ain't, you, ain't, you, ain't, you ain't distracted. Man, man I, I, I love my singleness. I love where God has me at. If you want to go to that, you got to love God where you at, because if you don't love God where you at, you're not going to enjoy that place you want to get to or that person you want to have. And you got to make sure you don't feel like you owe anybody any explanation. <clears throat> I don't owe nobody nothing. Man, that's one thing, man. People be asking me, why you don't do this? I don't owe nobody. My yes and my no is a full sentence. If, you, if My explanation is in my actions. Now, don't get me wrong. I owe my wife explanations. And I don't even do a bunch of stuff to even explain anything. Oh, I'm plain, so there ain't no, there ain't no explaining. I'm plain and simple. Ain't that much explanation because I'm plain. You know what I'm saying? What I mean by plain, I'm simple. No explanation is needed. But what I'm saying is, you don't owe nobody nothing. If you're not ready to have kids, you don't owe them no explanation. We're not ready to have kids right now. But I really sure would like to have a grandbaby. I sure would like. You have to wait. Keep living. You'll, you'll, you'll get them eventually. 
Why you ain't married? You don't got to owe no explanation. Just say, I trust God in this thing. I trust God in my singles. I love God. God has been good. I'm focused. Boom. You don't owe nobody no thorough explanation. You may have to tell them one time because they just confused. No, not an explanation. Explanation is detail. Well, you know, because God, you, don't, you just got to say, you know what? It's all the explanation you need. God is good. I'm enjoying him in this season. Boom. That's it. Period. Boom. Well, give me more information. That's all I got. That's all I got. So in order to handle the pressures of life, especially in your singleness and wherever you are, keep your hope in God and trust him to handle what only he can handle. Assess the pressure and focus on your singleness assignment. Embrace the now and be okay with not agreeing. Establish your desired outcomes and pursue them with discipline. Look out, lock out negativity and, and have outlets. Enjoy God in your singleness and don't feel like you owe anybody no explanation. My life work activity for you because I'm gone. I won't have time to answer questions. I'm sorry, y'all. I'll probably do a live Q&A this weekend for y'all, but coach got to get his rest. I've been doing a lot of ministry this week. Life work activity this week, I want you to process your pressures. Utilize what you do so below. So go into my worksheet. Um, I'll go to my website and download the worksheet. And there you will be able to um, see Coach Tide. I'm gone, y'all. I'm tapped out. Books, though. Purpose of Singleness book, whole full of holes. Books on my website. Um, children's book, as he says, as for the students I serve. Good book for kids. K through 12. I mean, uh, uh, third grade through 12th grade. Uh, maybe. Well, yeah. Dating prep. Date yourself. Loving. <laughs> date yourself. Date. Learn how to date yourself. Love your life forever. The Purpose of Freedom. A uh, book on soul ties and strongholds. That book will help you there. Um, spiritual warfare book, World War Me, a good book to help you process spiritual warfare and put in the whole armor of God. And of course, my first book, 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 Coach Ty, first book, book, B L O O K, first book. Take a look in this book, Reading Rainbow. This book right here, first book I ever wrote. Um, also card games, dating prep. Oh, I just did a video too, man. Y'all check it out. 10 questions women must ask men while dating them. Uh, very, 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 very good. Uh, video resource for you all. Uh, man, I got to edit my... Man, I got so much to do. Well, I ain't going to do it. If y'all, I'll make sure I get a video. It'll get, it might not get there at 12. Um, but I got a new video up for ladies, um, which talks about my dating prep card game, which goes... Not well, sold separately. goes to the book, etc. But this uh, video here, 10 questions women must ask men while dating them. Great video just posted yesterday. Great... Uh, 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 um, Questions there for card games for before dating and also uh, memory muscle. This card game right here. Where's the cover? There we go. Memory muscle. How to memorize scripture in a fun way with friends or with by yourself. Great research. All those things are on my website. Also a place for you to give courses. Um, all that good stuff there. I love y'all. Coach about to go do some self-care. You know I love you. I'll see y'all this weekend. Lord willing. If not, you definitely see me. You'll get a video tomorrow. But you'll definitely see me live or some form of service um, this weekend or next week. I love you. Y'all be blessed. I see y'all. Peace.